Hello everyone and welcome to episode 198 of Korea Podcast. Our today's guest is Mr. Thomas Tokek. He's a concept artist from Prague, Czech Republic. And also, of course, before we get into the signature questions of the podcast, let me quickly mention that in the four contact section of the captions, you can check his Instagram ID. So if you want to visit his page and, you know, follow him or, you know, check out more of his artwork, you can go there. And also, speaking of artworks, if you want to see more in-depth, you know, better resolution artworks, you can go check out this art session as well because Instagram compresses the hell out of files, apparently. And there's also a link to his Twitter account and also a link to a print website called This Plate, where you can, you know, purchase his arts on, you know, these, you know, beautiful prints. So if you want to go check that out, check that out as well and, you know, support an artist, instead of buying NFTs, you can buy prints. So, you know, who doesn't love that? And, um, all right, so that was basically the bare bone introduction. And first of all, thanks so much for coming by for this episode. How are we doing today? Hi, uh, thanks for having me. Doing great. <laughs> All right, so let's jump into the first question I ask everyone, which is basically at this point the signature question of the podcast, which is give us a little introduction on how we got into the world of visual arts and design, and basically, you know, the, tell us the story of you know what, the, what moment made you realize, or do you even remember that moment that made you realize that oh, I want to become an artist for the rest of my life, you know? Right. Well, when I think about uh, this moment, I think I it goes back to uh, kindergarten. To, to, to really early age where we were supposed to draw some glasses and uh, everybody drew them like uh, two squares and these like knobs or you know lines to the side but I I was looking at the table where the glasses were uh, lying and um, I noticed that those legs don't go on the side I, I, I was studying it for a while and then tried to do the perspective of the of the uh, glass legs, I don't know what was it called, but I somehow managed to put some perspective into the picture, and that uh, made me realize that there was something um, unique about this picture because I saw the what, what the other students uh, drew. So <laughs> that was the first moment when I thought. There might be something, some some talent or something. <laughs> All right, and um, of course, you know, during like you know the your formative years when you were a teenager, like you know when I think around seventeen, eighteen, I, that's usually the years where people like kids start to you know think about their future and you know what they want to become and what should they be, you know, because sometimes in. Um, Usually in families and just countries that are economically not doing so well, usually the norm is that everyone's parents and relatives, everyone expects them to be like engineers or doctors or lawyers and all that stuff. So in your case, you know, were your family supportive of you just going full on with art or they were like, you know, go, art is not, you know, super stable, have art on the side as a hobby and just go become an engineer, for example. How was it for you? Like from the get go, did you know, like even during those years that you were going straight for art or? Or plans different, you know? That's a good question. Um, for me, the path to art was a little bit, um, not, it wasn't straight, straight path. Um, I, f- for a long time, I didn't know what I'm going to be uh, doing when I, when I grow up. And I was drawing and painting as a hobby, but it never occurred to me that it could be anything more. And Actually, after high school, I I was thinking about university and 
I actually applied to a art faculty to study design, but I did not uh, get to the faculty. So I decided to start studying math. And uh, it took me a whole year to realize that math probably isn't the way for me. So I tried again for the art uh, school and uh, was lucky enough to, to pass the test this time. So after that point, I I could I, I started to uh, learn design or industrial design, and there was no problem with that. I mean, my parents were really supportive in any career I, I chose, even though they they would definitely prefer me uh, trying to study both mathematics and also design. But uh, after trying to do that for one year, I quit the, the math studies and focused on the industrial design, which uh, eventually evolved into um, me trying more to pursue more of a digital painting. And in the last year of my studies, I realized this is actually something that I could do as a profession. So yeah, that, that's, that's how it started. All right. And um, by the way, like before we get into the questions more, I just wanted to quickly mention again, like um, I checked the display link again and I just want to mention the prints are on like, you know, they're, they're on metal posters. So they're, they could be great additions to your decorations of house or as a gift. So um, I always like, you know, encourage people to just support the artists, you know, especially when they have like, you know, a product to sell because it could really help the artist, you know? So just check it out. You know, if, you, if you're not going to buy it, just check it out. Maybe someone else might like it, you know? You never know. So yeah, I just want to give, give even another shout out just for, you know, confirmation. And all right. And how does your design process usually go anytime you want to start working on a new piece? Like basically, what does the structure of your pipeline look like? Could you explain that? Well, it varies a lot. Uh, I would say it's it's very different from uh, with, with every piece or with every painting. Uh, I used to experiment a lot, but nowadays it's usually um, figuring out some um, silhouette. And uh, sometimes I just paint the silhouette with flat color or Sometimes I just I go I go into lines, drawing lines. But uh, when I have the silhouette, I decide the values, and it's uh, it's the it's the usual common process I would say for as as I, as I see with other artists. But um, I try to vary the process a little bit. Uh, with you, with some some tools or some different uh, ideas or colors from time to time i try to challenge myself not to do uh, the same thing over and over again all right and um all right so here's an interesting thing i want to ask you all right so on your instagram bio it states like one of the sentences there is um I am painting characters from my medieval post-apocalyptic game. 
would you care to, you know, explain to us, you know, is, is this going to be a board game? Like just basically everything, all the details. Oh, this might be actually a little bit outdated information, but uh, I used to uh, work on this game. It used to be a board game at first, but then switched to PC game. And I spent over a year designing it and also uh, afterwards coding and uh, starting the process of development. But then I kind of um, strayed away from from this uh, development process because it felt like game uh, or let's say PC environment wasn't really for me because I bought a a cottage in the countryside and uh, that's that's where my interest lies at the moment so I kind of stopped with stopped with this process with with the development of the game and nowadays I'm focusing on another project, which should be an illustrated book. And hopefully I can get some paintings done during this winter. So hopefully there will be some results next year. All right. And are you currently in the cottage that you mentioned? Uh, not really. No, no I'm, I'm in Pilsen, my hometown in Czech Republic. And uh, I plan to uh, move to the cottage uh, next year hopefully we'll see awesome like especially like you know central europe and czech you know it just as amazing you know uh just natural just nature in general and it must be really lovely they're having a cottage in the countryside of czech dam and the thing is i don't know if you know about the game stardew valley do you know that yeah and have you played that i didn't play it but i but i saw some gameplay videos yeah and just by the way like i don't i'm from what I'm hearing, you're not really into you know video games that much, and as you said, like in PC games and stuff. Oh, actually, the con- on the contrary, I'm way oh. too much into video games. Oh, and then the, I definitely recommend playing Stardew Valley. Then I definitely recommend you playing Stardew Valley. And uh, <laughs> yeah, just I, I I've been even before I played Stardew Valley. I always like you know still to this day. Um, since I was like 12, 14, I always used to dream of like having a really lonely like you know cottage or shack somewhere outside like especially in summer in iceland or norway or just a desolate cold environment i just or not just necessarily that like having um yeah just somewhere out of civilization right somewhere calm and peaceful so i can have my farm my dogs or animals and just live like a peaceful like like shrek that like shrek swamp like you know how shrek sleeps yeah exactly and um, by the way i will congratulate you for actually getting near to that and um but yeah especially Stardew Valley really reignited my you know passion for that kind of type of dream and um you know maybe just even not necessarily for the rest of my life but for a period I would love to you know live in that setting I I, def- I bet it's going to be really um refill your creative juices a lot if you actually go out and live there in nature I think as an artist and uh breathing that fresh air especially Oh, living in town suck, especially because I live in Istanbul, a huge metropolis. And I'm not saying the weather, the air is really polluted. Actually, they're, they're doing really well to balance everything out. But in general, I would prefer to live in like a smaller place, you know. Mm. And sometimes it gets overwhelming for my senses, to be honest. <laughs> and Actually, uh, that's that's perfectly the, the capturing the theme of the book that, I'm, that I've talked about. I would like to... to describe this 
simple life in the countryside, uh, how how amazing it is um, contraposted to the uh, living in the city where you are anonymous and uh, you don't have any real care for your environment, I think. And if you are, if you own a garden somewhere, you just really love every piece of it and you just care about everything. You know your neighbors, you know their names and uh, their pets and it's, just, it's a different lifestyle. I really think we should, we should all pursue it. Yeah, and for anyone who's also listening who are interested in this lifestyle and you can't access it, the closest thing you can get is playing Stardew Valley because uh, I've been pouring around 120 hours in the past two weeks on that game. Like It's kind of addictive and fun and it literally describes the same experience as you said. Like There's a town where like 28, 30 people, you know, you at the end you'll know the map of the city like the back of your hand you know all the birthdays of each person what each person likes and dislikes because there's so few you know and it feels like an actual community it's not like a city that oh just neighbor x neighbor y you know neighbor 69 neighbor 40 neighbor 100 you know and um it's it gets a bit like you know tasteless and like gray in a sense i don't know how to describe it and yeah i agree yeah, and uh, by the way, just wondering, are you going to get a gun if you go to the cottage? Is Switzerland... <laughs> no, sorry, why, why does it Switzerland? Is Czech Republic that safe? Uh, yeah, we don't... Uh, I, I wouldn't wouldn't get a gun, no. I, I don't believe in that. Uh, I, I mean, it feels like it's more dangerous to have a gun in your home than, uh, than not having it. <laughs> so it's not for me. All right. All right, fair enough. And, um, but definitely, I mean, if unfortunately, if you live in the USA, I think a lot of time you kind of tend to want to have a gun just for self-defense or just shooting blanks to scare people off, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can imagine. In there, I would probably <laughs> have a gun, yeah. The reality of living in countryside is different all around the world, you know? There's certain challenges Absolutely, everywhere. yeah. And, Czech Republic oh. is really, really peaceful place. Hmm? We have a... It's a, yeah, I don't know how to, how to say it. It's, it's a special place in Europe, I think. We have a lot of nature and everybody's quite chilled, not really, uh, n- everybody doesn't really need to fo- um, follow all, all the rules. And, you know, we are quite chill people, I think. All right, that's cool. That's really cool. And, um, so here's the thing, another question I have about this statement in your bio. It says post-medieval, post-apocalyptic. All right. So, all right, I'm just going to say something and let me know if I'm right on the spot or wrong. What I'm getting from this is there was, I think, a game in the 90s and it was really popular. Basically, I forgot the name of the game, but the plot was kind of like this, that you kind of have to convince the council of like kings and lords for them to let you in the room of their oracle. And when you go in, and it was a medieval setting, by the way. And when you go to the room of the Oracle, you realize that the Oracle is not a person or thing. It's a super computer from aliens. <clears throat> so basically, the medieval time we're living in in the game was basically post-apocalyptic. Like, basically, it's the result of the annihilation of a super technologically advanced civilization that got destroyed. And, you know, civilization got started again. And now we're in the medieval age again. So is it kind of right. like something like that? Or is it different? Like, how... Would you describe it? 
uh, I wanted to create a world without fantasy, magic, you know. But uh, this idea is interesting, but uh, I didn't want to do it this way. I just wanted to do an alternate uh, universe where you would uh, just explore some uh, let's maybe uh, maybe a plague destroyed the world. Not not really sure. It was supposed to be very vague and uh, mystic, mystifying, uh, because you wouldn't uh, know all the details. You would uh, there, there would be an element of uh, uh, forgetting, or you know, uh, there would be very few people in the world, and that's the way. Uh, there would be not very many information about how it used to look and uh, what what are the names of the places and stuff like that. So that was the main idea. All right. And um, by the way, have you ever used your dreams as inspiration for your works? Like, have you ever saw anything in your dreams that you were like, oh, I'm just going to, especially, you know, as an artist, it's so fun because what you see in your dream, there's most likely you can kind of visualize it in on paper or whatever. So have you ever used any thing from your dreams as inspiration in your works? That's a good question. I definitely am inspired by some visual, uh, some, some images that go through my mind before I go to sleep. I wouldn't go as far as saying that I paint uh, what I dream or really get uh, inspired by the dreams but right before I go to sleep that's that's when I sometimes have these interesting uh, pictures in my mind so there might be a couple of ideas coming from from there all right yeah by the way uh, I wanted to, to go to go back on the the video game uh, stuff as you mentioned the stardew Valley uh, that was actually one of the ideas why I wanted to stop with the development is that uh, I had to real I, I realized that uh, I am actually addicted to playing video games and I have trouble stopping. So uh, that was uh, the the main idea behind uh, stopping the process because this felt like a problem for me and also for many other people and I didn't want to make it worse, you know, for if, if eventually some people would like to play the game, I just wouldn't feel good about making them worse actually, <laughs> or actually uh, probably some people can, can handle playing video games just casually, but it's not, not really me. <laughs> no, no, exactly. I get what you mean, but um, the thing is like, everyone's different. My case is kind of different because I, I like it's, I know it's uh, it should it kind of sounds stupid, but it's because of my OCD. Especially, there's a perfection tracker in the game where you kind of like, achieve everything, and there's a cutscene you I guess unlock. And because of that, I keep playing it because I'm getting to that achievement is actually really hard, and you need to grind hard. But the thing is, that's literally a sign of a good game because a lot of games could add a perfection tracker, you know, and it wouldn't like feel fulfilling, and it and it and it's just a bad badly designed like yes. Yeah, badly designed game, you, you wouldn't get that urge to finish it, you know, because it 
kind of feels fulfilling in this game. And I guess that's a sign of a good video game. So I think that's a good thing. But the thing is, um, usually, yeah, as you said, like it, it's kind of rare when I play games casually, actually. Like I, I go like completely balls deep into it and just want to complete everything and just get good at it, you know? But uh, yeah, like I guess the only game I would say I would just play casually is Minecraft with my friends sometimes. <laughs> Because you can just have have fun, you know, just run around, do stupid stuff, you know. And because there's kind of necessarily no goals in Minecraft, you can just do anything. Like, I mean, there's, yes, there's a set of challenges that you can go through to get to certain loot. But um, it's up to your imagination and creativity how you have fun with it. Kind of like in real life. Actually, let me quickly mention something. Uh, Have you heard about the game Valheim? Yeah. Have you played it? Not played it, but saw the gameplay again. Yeah. And it's one of those games that you're going to be addicted if you play with a bunch of friends. You know, it's mm-hmm. a solo, I wouldn't say it's addictive. But if you have a friend that you can make a team and make a village together and do go on adventures together, it's super fun and lovely game. And the thing is, we played it with, I played it with a couple of my friends in, I guess, early spring this year. And we basically reached high level max of everything. And, and there was nothing else to do. And that moment was, I think, one of the most pivotal moments in my life, believe it or not. I know that sounds kind of dumb over a video game, but here's what happened. We didn't know what to do and we were bored. So basically what I came up with, I went to the top of the highest mountain and I started building a huge wooden slide with stairs. And what happened was I would just, and I would make a barrier on top of the like, you know, mountain. Then I would build a boat there. So the incline would make it like this and the barrier would stop it. We would go mm-hmm. on a boat, sit in the boat, and I would just destroy the barriers and it would just propel us down like in a weird, wacky way down the mountain and in the ocean. It was so fun. It was ridiculous. It's like going on a swing like a kid and just going down and then going up again and doing that. And that to me was like really important. Do you know why? Because like imagine in life you get everything you want. You get all the money, everything. But after a while... In my and you heard this a lot from people, they don't know what to do then, you know, and that kind of to me was like you know when I found out how to not to worry and have existential dep- depression anymore because I was like all right, the the thing that I'm gonna do is just to have f- enjoy this, have this you know feeling of fun, find ways to find this feeling of fulfillment and fun as much as I can until you know the day comes, you know. Because in Valheim, like just like in real life, you could do anything. I got all the challenges. I got the best weapons, best everything, at the most money. But we were bored, mm. you know. And the thing that made us really have fun with the game again is we find a way to kind of have this adrenaline rush and just fun in it. That kind of sounds kind of maybe off track a bit, but I I hope I conveyed my point to you well enough that yes like for me is just doing the podcast and just doing my the projects i like is in a sense a swing in valheim for me in this real life because yeah i I can definitely relate to that um i think through game uh uh, through playing games we got to a really interesting point that um, now i have a family and uh, i am really used to uh, working a lot and I I am struggling with balancing my personal life and work life um, to a point that uh, it sometimes feel like 
it's it's difficult for me to have fun or I know it sounds like why is it difficult but I'm so used to working or painting that uh, some I just I just don't don't think about uh, how to have fun or how, how to enjoy my time so yeah I can see what you what you mean in in the Walheim and I wanted to mention one other thing that in the game uh, environment in in the PC or uh, wherever uh, it just feels a little or it feels artificial even though you have these experience the the experience is with your friends i just i just felt like uh, i should spend my time somehow wi- more wisely and that's why i tried to get away from from the games and uh, all the internet things even though it's impossible at the moment when I'm working as a as a painter, spending most of my day <laughs> at the computer. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Of course, I mean, I'm the reason I play these video games is because the only option I have right now. Like, I kind of live alone in like a flat studio apartment, and where I live is very far away from you know any nature places that I could go camping or even just you know take a breath, you know, fresh of fresh breath of air. And yes, so the only option I have for, you know, spending time is just, you know, when I want to mentally recharge is playing video games. And I know it's not the best option. Of course, if you have the option of going outside or um, going into, I don't know, any any places that you could go sightsee and hike outside, of course, those are way more fun. And if, especially if you have friends around. Like, and when most of your friends are online, you kind of don't have any options. So your kind of options get pretty limited to online stuff. But yeah, I definitely, you know, relate relate to you in that regard as well. Like if I had the other options, I would have definitely, you know, chose those as well. No, I just didn't want to make it sound like I'm preaching something but no, no, because, because I'm, um, I can, I can safely say that, uh, like five years ago, I wouldn't have, uh, changed anything about my lifestyle because I was playing a lot of games and, uh, really enjoyed my time this way. But nowadays, I, as I mentioned, I have a family and things changed for me. So I guess it's a natural development or, you know, evolution for everybody. What games were you playing the most? Uh, I used to play World of Warcraft a lot. And then um, like Hearthstone or uh, these quick, quick games that really you can get into the game and play against other people and compete a little bit and yeah it's fun that way for me all right and all right here's something i want to actually ask you about your experience which is something we kind of previously mentioned before our talk which was the subject of imposter syndrome which is i think a really one of those really important key things that is happening right now in like in the whole sphere of mental health when it comes to like you know especially artists, programmers, just basically everyone. Like it could ha- affect everyone, but I've seen it a lot, especially in artists and basically people in just tech fields and art and just things that, because here's the thing, you wouldn't get that much people who have imposter syndrome when they, they're trained to be become an engineer or a lawyer or a doctor because they get trained so hard that if you pass the test, 
you wouldn't feel that imposter syndrome much. Maybe that's just my anecdote. But I've seen imposter syndrome a lot in art, in tech a lot, in programming. These type of fields, there's a lot of like, I've seen people with imposter syndrome and I've personally suffered from it a lot for a long, long, long time. And I want to hear your experience though. Uh, it's a it's a very painful topic, I think, for m- most people. If if you ever come across this feeling of being inadequate or feeling like uh, you're you're playing a game or you're not enough, and uh, if you feel like other people will find out, for me it was when I started painting or drawing, I started to do these uh, expressive paintings when I was trying to uh, show my emotions. It was very vulnerable. And also it was um, probably a little bit misguided, the the motivation to, to paint these paintings, because I think I was uh, mostly motivated to paint these because I heard that if you are an artist, you are uh, you have an in you have an option to communicate your inner world through the painting, and you can express your way uh, ex- express yourself this way. So I tried that, and uh, that that felt really artificial for me. It didn't, it didn't feel right. I. I was struggling a lot with being called an artist. Uh, I, I really hate hate the term. I don't call myself an artist. I, I, I believe I am a craftsman uh, or so, something like that, not an artist. Even though, yeah, that that would be a long discussion for <laughs> for a long time, I guess. But uh, regarding to the uh the syndrome imposter syndrome um i think it's very common for most people in every period of your life whenever you step up whenever you get a promotion or you have you you get a prize or something like that i think it's very common to feel inadequate and uh like for a while you have to adjust to the new situation in your life. So uh, for me, it kind of uh, ruined my approach to painting for a while. I stopped and after a couple of years, I came back to some sketching and to doodling and I just stopped focusing on uh, showing my emotions in the paintings. I just started to explore light and colors. And that was just freeing freeing for me. It was just so easy to paint after that because I didn't feel like I'm playing uh, at something. I mean, I'm not, I didn't feel like I'm uh, trying to be more than I am. I just, was studying light there's no no uh, bad feeling about that right so that was a that was a good approach for me i just did that i just uh, focused on my stuff and studying and uh, 
everything came after that. I started to do a series of paintings and uh, that let, that kept me going and kept me motivated to explore more and more light setting and color palettes. All right. And who are some of your favorite artists and designers that have inspired you the most? Well, that there's so many people I follow on uh, ArtStation or uh, Instagram or wherever. Uh, but I would mention from the old masters, I'm admiring Shishkin, Ivan Shishkin, and other uh, Russian realists, uh, also Polenov or Repin for his amazing uh, portraits. Yeah, I, I used to look a lot uh, at the modern digital paintings for inspiration, but after a while I kind of uh, stopped and tried to look for the old masters like Mucha. That's also very inspira inspiring for me. All right. And um, what are you working on right now that you can tell us about? What kind of project is it? I mean, of course, if it's something that involves an NDA, we can skip right past this question, or is that all? Um, but if that's not the case, what are you doing right now? Yeah, at the moment, I'm doing some cards for Magic the Gathering. So that's a, that's a big deal for me. I played it as when I was young. So that was a really nice uh, news to, to get <laughs> to work for Wizards of the Coast. Uh, I'm also, as I mentioned, the book, I'm doing that. Um, and then I have some uh, projects, uh, uh, as I did for Warhol's Studios. Uh, I mean, sorry, I, I used to work for Warhol's Studios uh, for five years, and they have now a board game. So I did the cover for that. So that took me a few weeks. Yeah, but nothing notable at the moment just doing some commissions. All right. And all right, let's take a break from all this art questions. And then let me ask you something else. What area beside the area you're working on right now, which is of course art and design and just visual arts and stuff, would you be interested to explore and learn in the future, given if you had the chance, you know? To learn something different. Yes. Like what other objectives or things or aspirations you have in life beside art, basically? Oh, I have so many. Uh, I want to learn how to work with wood. I would like to do my own uh, furniture. Also, I would like to learn how to be a blacksmith. I would like to have a, uh, what's it called? The, uh, the, the forge uh, in, my, in my cottage, uh, in my workshop. I would like to have a huge workshop in there. Um, and then... I guess uh, I want to work with uh, on the in the garden to have uh, vegetables and build a greenhouse and yeah, there's just so many <laughs> so many plants I have, but uh, definitely want to learn how to uh, create more things with my hands. Yeah, honestly, that sounds super awesome. Having your like cottage with farm and forge and workshop that sounds awesome to me like you know that's one of the things that i would love to you know have as well as so one day like 
especially like you know you speak you spoke about wood carving or like one of the things that i legit want to do like as a life aspiration is to make you like miniature wooden sculptures and and my end project and my masterpiece in that i want it to be like a custom made chess set for myself and i've carved mm-hmm. up every piece of it myself and like these are ah oh, yeah in that regards we're really similar actually um and i hope i think like do you have to get a license for for getting the forger or stuff like that in for a cottage or you can just easily you know manufacture it because i don't know i don't i think it's it's quite easy at the the moment because you can have these really small um almost like a bucket like uh uh, forges uh where you have just the the heat in in uh, in a bucket basically uh and then but I, I didn't learn how to do it or how to use the forge yet, so I can't speak in details. But I just saw these little like mini forges, so I think it's possible to to do it uh, wherever. If you learn, if you get good at wood carving and also get good at blacksmithing, you can make, actually make your own custom barrels and make your own custom wine in the same barrels. That's, that's yeah, a, that should be interesting. I mean, the the world is a playground, and uh, yeah. I I feel like I'm a little bit stuck uh, at my computer, which I'm trying to get rid of now. Oh yeah, but, that's uh, but awesome. as you mentioned, as you mentioned, that it's also one of your aspiration aspirations. I think it's very common for like I mean, for most men, I think everybody wants to create stuff with with their hands. I think that's very natural. Probably no. for women as well, but uh, I'm just speaking from yeah. my own experience. Yeah, yeah. I like, I like for me that, like, imagine like having your own farm, growing your, your own grape, making your own barrels with blacksmithing and woodworking, and maybe making your own custom colors and paints. Like, like because I, I don't know if you know, because oil painting is one of the main ingredients of it. It's actually egg yolk. Maybe even get egg yolk from your own chickens. Just zero to hundred of a thing is from your own hard work and that is way more rewarding than just buying it off a store but of course i mean uh, i don't want to like mishmash different subjects together but to me like that is really rewarding like that sound like it sounds fun to me now that i think about it i could you know just make myself occupied for like seasons and years with just doing this stuff around the farm and like making your own grape making the branding and everything making like the stickers Sounds, yeah, there's, sounds there's so really many possibilities. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, I'm I'm thinking also about uh, sewing my own clothes. Got to get uh, some sheep to make cloth, man. Well, yeah, it's it's just going going back to roots, sorry, to this simple life. So that's that makes sense to me now. Yeah, definitely. And like, actually, like, you know, fun fact, I used to, when I was a teenager, I used to like research so many of this random stuff from YouTube. Like, oh God, I remember that if you want to live like in a homestead or something, you need to like, you might not be able to make some essential oils yourself because essential oils makes with lavender or something. You need to spray it on your body and your kid's body because ticks or some bugs would get into it. So yeah, there's some random stuff in my head just bubbling right now, now that we talked about this subject <laughs> and uh, like how to make meat and stuff like that. But yeah, definitely essential oils I remember are super, you know, um, important if you want to live outside in a like a place where there's so many bugs and ticks and stuff like that. Basically bugs, it repels bugs and ticks. Yeah, even for your dogs. 
Yeah, like, see, this is exciting, just getting there. There's so many challenges, things to learn, things to do. I mean, that's just like, I want it definitely to be a chapter of my life. That's what I'm going to say. And I hope you enjoy yours, which is coming soon. <laughs> and do get Thanks. us updated on what's going to happen, actually, if you want. And are you going to share yours, the adventures and challenges of on the farm on the on the you know, Instagram as well? Or, or are you going to just live a Wi-Fi free, happy life? No, I think I'm I'm gonna stay uh, connected. I'm gonna I'm gonna work, I'm gonna work from from home. But uh, the plan is to use these uh, the the experience of living in there uh, as a inspiration for the book as well. So it already is there in the the first draft. Also, the super interesting thing for me. Uh, in uh, living in the countryside is that the nature provides for you. I mean, you, you get uh, to taste all the fruit that, uh, that grows there, all the berries. It's just magical. I think it's amazing. <laughs> it's just, it's just there. You just pick it. Free, free food. Right. But it's so simple. I mean, I'm not a really religious person, but, uh, this, this brings me closer to, believing that there is a higher plan for us because this just is so simple and uh, available. I mean, just go to a tree and just pick your fruit or pick your food. Just eat it. Super yeah. simple. The next day, a bear might eat you. So you never know. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I, I definitely get what you mean. Yeah, that, that sounds really nice. And... Um, all right, so right now we've reached the final question and section of the podcast, which is called, I renamed it recently, it's now called Time Capsule, which is, I think, a more appropriate name, actually. And so, all right, let me actually explain what I'm going to say. Imagine in a limited amount of time, let's say a window of a few minutes, you had the opportunity to say anything that you want from your heart, from yourself, to anyone else who might be listening to this podcast at any point of time in the future. And they're like listening to this episode and they've reached here. Minute 42, second 18, 19, 20, and going. So in that case, to those people, what do you have to say? Mm-hmm. That's, a, way, that's, a, that's a tough question. <laughs> don't worry if your answer sounds cliche at all. Don't worry. Just say whatever comes up. Yeah, I guess uh, don't be too hard on yourself. That's that's the that what's come that what's that's what comes to mind. I, I used to feel bad about so many things like playing the games, playing the PC games, but I think it's all part of your journey. So don't be too hard on yourself and just. Enjoy the enjoy the ride, I guess. All right, fair enough. And thank you so much for again for coming by. Thank you for your time. And where can people contact you if they had any questions? Is your Instagram account okay? Yeah, yeah, Instagram is fine. All right, and well, that's about it. Again, thanks so much for coming by, and thank you to anyone who tuned in and listened to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as well. And leave, leave a comment down below if you have any suggestions or comments or critiques or just basically anything. Or you can just send me a DM on Instagram. I'll check them all. And with that being said, 
thank you so much for coming by and thank you to anyone who tuned in and you know followed us along i hope you all have an amazing day till next episode take care and stay safe goodbye see ya